Hello and welcome. God, that was a weird intro. Sorry. Okay, let's start that again. Hello. Oh no, I've gone weird. I've gone that, you know that thing when you uh, say a word too many times and it goes weird. I've gone weird. So I'll just say hi. Welcome to Letters to My Fanny, the podcast. Sorry, I'm a bit croaky, but that's November and having children, uh, Aka germ spreaders. So this interview uh, was held in a basement with a JCB digger above us but actually I really re-listened to the interview and it's okay but if you hear some vibrations during this interview it's not you it was someone digging up the floor above us. In this episode I talked to the brilliant Angelica Malin who is the founder of the lifestyle online magazine About Time. I love this magazine because I feel constantly busy although I'm trying to not say that word because I think that the more I say it the more I feel it so I'm trying to work out actually how busy I really am and how much of it is in my head but that's another story but about time is brilliant because it curates really fun things to try and do so that when you just want to go out on a Friday night if you've got a babysitter and someone to hang, hang out with you don't need to go bonkers thinking about what you're going to do. They are brilliant at sifting through all of the options. So I highly recommend taking a look at that. Um, I talked to Angelica about running your own business, about food, about being responsible about the kind of messages that you put out alongside a food or a restaurant post. We talk about spielkies. I've never heard of the spielkies before, but I really want to start using the word spielkies. We talk about vitamin drips and we talk about ensuring that we use our brain time on creative entrepreneurial pursuits rather than obsessing about food, which is a real problem, I think, for women. We're so pressurised into thinking about the 2-5 the diet or gluten or lactose or hit or fit not strong and yes, Fit Not Strong has its benefits, but it's just another pointer to being obsessed with how we look and what we eat. So I love her take on this. I think it's really lovely and simple and refreshing. I just, I suppose I want my daughter to use her brain time thinking about the moon and the stars and the universe and engineering and you know, getting dressed up is fun, and all, but I just, I just don't want her obsessing about how much protein is in a bar of whatever. I just, I really want more for her than that. Hope you enjoy it. Here it is. Angelica Malin. Hello. Hi. We've met quite a few times actually, haven't we? We have. I feel like I'm a bit of a fangirl. So I'm it feels a fangirl of yours. But so I feel mutual. strange being in the hotspot because <laughs> I'm such a fangirl. Like, this isn't normal. Because you've interviewed me a couple of I have, times. I have. And it's always you. been lovely and uh, it's very impressive. And I, um, I'm, I'm not intimidated by you. I'm so impressed by you because you're 20. How old are you? No. 27. You're 27. I don't know if I'm 27 or 26. I need to. I don't. I, I was sure. 37 for two years. <laughs> I'm actually going to be 37 this year, and it's to really stay exciting. At it. But my mum was like, "Darling, why do you keep telling everyone you're 37? You're 35." <laughs> so I'm excited now to finally be 37. 37. Yeah. So you're you're either 26 or 27. Yeah. But I don't around. think you could be intimidated. <laughs> I'm currently wearing dungarees, so <laughs> I look like Hermione Granger. I'm channeling Hermione. <laughs> Any Granger today. Amazing, um, and because you're so you're so good at your job, you've hooked up hooked us up with this amazing podcast wow. space. I lifestyle. Which is amazing. In the middle of London, 
literally pulled it out of your ass last minute. Although there is a massive drill upstairs. Yeah, and it just started. And I was like, brilliant, just what you need for a podcast. There is a huge drill. I mean, the biggest JCB <laughs> drill. Upstairs, the ground is shaking. I'm not even joking. Apparently, they're putting broadband in, though. So oh, amazing. We'll go for it, Good JCB. for millennials. Do it, do it. But down here, it's quite snug. But but listeners, if you do hear shaking, there isn't an earthquake. It's fine. Don't worry. We're, we're snug as a bug in we're a rug. All right, so let's take it back to the start. You currently, I say take it back to the start, you currently Mm -hmm. run a company called About Time, which is an online magazine. Mm -hmm. It's a lifestyle magazine. So I read that you were studying English and drama at Bristol University and you got an enterprise scheme that gave you £1,500 and you started a project called The Spoonfuls. Yes. Tell me a bit about that. Sure. Because... You were studying, but you were also starting a business. That seems a lot. Yeah, I think um, I think one of the reasons that I've kind of done so much career-wise at quite a young age is that I was always working. Like, throughout university, I constantly had some kind of job or project on the go. Um, mainly because we had so much free time. But I, so I, we, we... But there's all the drinking and the lying down uh, to be done. Do you know, I'm a one cocktail kind of gal. Yes. So me and Fresh Sweet, <laughs> I mean, after Fresh Sweet, I was like, I'm done, I'm retiring from, from drinks. Um, so my best friend and I got a grant to... Um, put towards a project um, over the summer and the idea being that rather than going back to London and taking an internship you could kind of intern with yourself and stay in Bristol so we stayed in um, Bristol throughout the summer and actually experienced real Bristol which was quite nice no you know no no yeah. university students and we worked on a concept called the spoonfuls I mean it was a bit silly it was basically a concept bakery so we were both studying English and we made cakes inspired by literature so Did we you had have like, a beard at the time a beard <laughs> no could have done but so we made cakes inspired by literature so we made like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory cakes or like Famous Five lemonade cakes all those kind of wow. things people loved it we went to food fairs we had a great time we weren't the best bakers I think that was the kind of <laughs> essential flaw in the plan was that like baking skills but I'm not a very precise person which I've learnt with baking is not compatible so it's um, a science it needs dedication exactly and I, yeah we weren't there but we had great fun doing it but what it gave me more than anything was confidence in business it sounds ridiculous but I don't think I would have done about time had it not been for that little cake company that we worked on for six weeks in the summer because all the basic skills of running your own business of like how do you market it how do you how do you hone in a concept what's a USP we worked on those and with support from the university which was so nice and so, I, I read that you said you, know, you learned about coding websites and business plans. And yeah. Don't, would you think you would have got that if you'd done an internship? No, I don't think so because I don't think you get the responsibility. You're making teas. And I mean, I know they've improved a little bit, but I, the, all the internships I did were very kind of basic work where you weren't actually developing any life skills and what we learned with the business was in at the deep end right how do you set up a website how do you get the social media going all those things and it's confidence more than anything I think everyone has the business abilities but it's the confidence to go out and do it it is so it looks so intimidating Mm. but actually like you say you do it one day at a time you do one task at a time you don't do the you don't suddenly wake up and have to have a ready built business yeah absolutely but I suppose like you were saying you know the only way you really learn is by getting your hands dirty yeah exactly and then towards the end of university I worked for a magazine called Suitcase which is a wonderful fashion and travel publication and so I was working there for six months whilst I was at university going back and forth between London and Bristol and then when I left I worked there for six months so I kind of graduated with a job which helped in just getting a bit of momentum I didn't like take any time off between 
And how did you get that job at Suitcase? Um, I think I just, I, I think I approached them and I just, I, I asked the editor if I could come and intern and then I kind of stuck with it. I think you just have to kind of get your foot in the door any way you can. I imagine that they were impressed by the fact that you already had a project running, which I do think that nowadays people kind of, they want more than just your nine to five. They actually, they want to see that you've got initiative. Yeah, that you're doing things, I suppose so. And I think also something that could be quite good is trying to get in there with small companies. It's very hard to get an internship at like Vogue or Tatler, but if you just can find a small publication that's happy to have someone um, in a more casual setting, that that's a really good in. How did it go from that to about time? So, um, Honestly, I think I always knew I wanted to be my own boss. I'm very particular about flexibility and having my own time. And even in small companies, like any kind of nine to five structure just makes me feel very claustrophobic. Mm -hmm. So I knew I wanted to work for myself. And I suppose the skills I had at the time were were, um, writing and websites and social media a bit. And I just thought, I, I just want to do my own thing now. It was just the right time. I didn't have any responsibility and I could just risk it and give it a go. So I left Suitcase with an idea of creating my own website and focusing really on the digital space because that was what was blowing up and is at the time. And um, the name kind of came about because I felt like with London, it can be so overwhelming when you're looking for like where to go for dinner or how to find a nice coffee shop to do a podcast interview in. And there's so <laughs> many options. And what we wanted to do with About Time was scale it back and say like it's about time you did this like this one thing is worth your time and being very precious about people's time that we don't want people to waste their time trying out things that aren't worth it so it was a kind of scaled back very bossy very authoritative and I think that was what set us apart is people actually responded well to just being told this is five things that like five burgers you have to eat rather than like a list of a hundred it's like the space NK theory that there are so many products around mm. that you want to just tell no. me what is good exactly and that is such a successful business model exactly people are busy yeah so it's just that curated lifestyle that's what we we're going for and it, it just worked i could see that people liked it and you just run with it the second so you can is, see there was a bit of an interest who is we um so well i did it on my own um for first year which i'm not really sure with hindsight how i did that i think and i lost did, my mind a bit and how did you afford to do that were you still working at suitcase no no um we actually were okay i had a bit of savings um, I had a bit of savings and to be honest we didn't make a great deal of money the first six months but then once our traffic picked up our audience picked up it began it just starts to flow in and I've never had like a business plan on you know set out on a spreadsheet somewhere it's all been just like let's see what's working and let's run with it and I think that kind of natural approach to business is, is quite nice it takes the pressure off so you do think you don't necessarily need a business plan I think what happens is people can spend so long planning they intimidate themselves yes. and then they just don't even do it you know Exactly. Everyone has that friend that's been talking about their business idea for like the last six years, but they've planned it so meticulously in their head, they, they've intimidated themselves to the point that they can't yes. do anything. Whereas I've just never had one, made tons of mistakes along the way, but also somehow just figured out what does work, what does make us money, where's the business going. So I think it's been, occasionally you do need to sit down with a pen and paper <laughs> and just, I can get a bit messy, especially if you have like a lot of revenue streams like we do. But um, yeah, I think it's okay just to be a bit natural. And that's, yeah, it's less intimidating that way. I do think, I mean, lots of people who run businesses say that if they knew what was entailed at the beginning, they would never have started because it would seem too much. But actually day to day, it's okay and it's manageable. Yeah. But I think you need that kind of like optimistic naivety to just go forth and give everything a, a go. Absolutely. That sounds like that's your method. Yeah, I think so. But I think also you have to be a bit honest with yourself 
what kind of business you want to run. If you want to run the next Netflix, then you're going to need a business plan and you might need like, you know, a million pound investment. But if you just want to take a passion project and enjoy your life and, and have a job that fulfills you, I think taking the pressure off this, this needing to be the next Uber is a really important message sometimes because like we're a small company and people are often asking like, when are you expanding? When are you going to get in your office? How, when are you going to hire more staff? I'm like, do you know what? I'm happy. And if it's working, then like, it's fine to run a small company. Like no problem with that. And I think, it's, I don't like to use masculine and feminine too uh, too loosely but I think it's a slightly masculine approach to be like what are the numbers what are the figures and how quickly you're going to expand and what's your exit strategy like what if I've not got an exit strategy and I just want to <laughs> run this that I get asked it's so often they're like what's the long what's the 10 year plan I'm like I don't doing tomorrow like give me a break <laughs> but we can I think a slightly more feminine approach to business where we can just be happy in the now is, is okay without yes. worrying about the next hurdle or the next sale as but and to see where it develops and mm. where it grows absolutely but, and do you think that because of because of the internet says grandma mm. um do you think that that is so much more possible yeah I think so it's exciting being in like a frontier industry where your your industry is the one that everyone is talking about at the moment everyone's talking about digital and social and influencer stuff and all that all that online space the internet has provided so many new jobs for us that we didn't even didn't even exist five years ago you know I, I meet so many full-time influencers now and they're just I, I like it it's a, a full-time oh, so I know I know tons amazing. of influencers but I love the brazen approach like I'm be at a dinner bar so I'll be like what do you do just like I'm an influencer I'm like fine your job is oh just to God. influence people but that's okay like, like isn't that amazing you're right and actually I think that would you know a year ago I would say even yeah. that quickly you would never have got someone saying it no absolutely can I, i'll tell you a secret yes listeners that so i met someone the other day who is a ghost writer for instagram captions <gasps> yeah no it's a job and it's a well-paid job i'll tell you that for free is it yeah. and what kind of is like are people who are kind of one so influencers can hire them yeah exactly so influencers can hire them because often people can take a nice photo but they actually find the caption writing like they haven't got creativity and also brands also can pay them but yeah so people are full-time that is so, <laughs> and, and of course it's content in the yeah. same way that you want a meaningful magazine mm-hmm. article, you want a meaningful caption. So exactly. of course, clever them, that is absolutely, Seize it. that is natural. I'm not sure what the like, the title for that job is, ghost <laughs> caption Instagram. I, but... I think you've just made it. I think it's, very, I think it's, it's uh, a sexy title. <laughs> yeah. Difficult at a dinner party to really explain. I don't to think me. there's a trade union for them quite yet. <laughs> not but... yet, no, I'm sure there will be. So tell me about your, well, don't tell me about your, in, like the specifics mm. of your income mm. revenue. Um, what was it? You, a revenue? You see my see tax return. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to see your tax return and okay. your bank account, sure. um, please. But how do you, how does a small company yeah. like that that's just starting out, how do you go about earning money from what you're doing? So in the first instance, it was quite simple, just sponsored content. So brands paying for articles on the website and a bit of sponsored social media. But I think I've been doing it three and a half years now. And I think after our first kind of year and a half, it was more about where is the brand going and what can we do that's perhaps not just to do with the magazine in the pure kind of article sense that can also be a way of monetizing. So we started to look at other 
other ways of doing things. So we do loads of reader events, which has been really nice because you can turn into a bit of a keyboard warrior when you're a journalist. <laughs> and you spend all day just sending emails and writing features and we don't see anything but our screens. So reader events is a really lovely way of just meeting our readers and our audience and bringing them together. So I we see that you've got one coming I've up. I've got one on Sunday. Young, free and... Uh, young, young, wild and freelance. Yes, I... Very cool title. Thank you. I had to make sure it wasn't copyrighted, but we're okay. Um, yeah, so we have one on Sunday that's uh, bringing together the London freelance community. The idea being that it's quite lonely, especially starting out as a freelancer and there's you don't know where to go and you don't have other freelance friends. So we're doing an event for about 50 people on Sunday with a breakfast spread and a bit of a panel talk and we're just getting people to meet each other. And we're going to split them into where they live in London so you can meet other people who are in North London who you could perhaps meet up with in a coffee shop and work together for the afternoon. So those kind of freeder events um, are really where we're going. We do a couple of branded ones as well. So a brand might ask us to put on an event for our readers. So, I mean, it's hard work mm. because with every sponsored post and with everything like that it's a huge amount of work and I think it can sometimes look a bit seamless mm. and free dinners and actually it's a lot it's very it's time consuming yeah it I is suppose what I, I suppose my question is what are the good and bad points about running your own business and being your own boss I think one of the difficulties is because of this whole frontier industry and it, it's all so new you don't have a lot of mentors or people have done it before you can call up and be like is it a good idea to work with this brand or they've asked us to do this like should I sign that I've often found that there's a difficulty with knowing if I'm making the right decision because it's all a bit of a first and something I'd really like to start doing more in the future is helping people find female mentors because I would have loved someone at the start to have given me a bit of advice or someone who started a magazine but maybe there weren't that many when I started it but I think that can be one of the challenging things sometimes I sign up to things and then I'm like oh that contract wasn't right or that they've asked for that exclusivity and I, that wasn't correct so I think sometimes second guessing yourself on decisions um, is quite hard we worked with a snack brand recently um, and we had to I had to sign a crisp embargo where I basically wasn't allowed to talk about another crisp brand um, for like two months and I remember sitting at <laughs> dinner with my boyfriend being like should I try, like sign the crisp embargo and he was just like you what don't have a real job? job like I was like but what if I really like found a crisp brand that I really loved and then it's just it's so funny God. Yeah, it's weird. It's a weird world. I was reading. I was reading something you wrote and saying that you know you're waking up on a beach one day and then you know in, in uh, you had a little nap on uh, the floor of Heathrow Terminal Five and then we're dancing at a fashion party mm. and it. That, that must be a huge plus about what you do. Yeah, the, the, the idea that you can do it from anywhere. I think that's the way the working world is going, is that we're realising that we don't need to sit in an office in Marble Arch and have an hour for lunch to work. You can like We've had like some of our most... Um, like best traffic days when I've just been like on a beach in Thailand like, it doesn't matter you've got a laptop and you've got Wi-Fi you're fine and that's the way it's all going is we can work from anywhere and I think that's I think that can be quite scary if you are in a regular nine-to-five yeah. idea of hang on a minute how come you get to run around the globe and organize your own time it's a bit I can you know I think for some of the people in my generation who've really done the gray suit yeah. commute it can be, feel a bit like, oh God, what have I been doing for the last 10 years? All these people running around. I mean, I, I feel lucky because I definitely get to run around with my laptop and have cool mm -hmm. interviews with you. And, but I've also done the grey 9-to-5 suit commute. And it, it, it must feel, if, especially imagine if you've spent your entire life just climbing that ladder. It must feel a bit 
a bit frustrating Definitely. which is why I think it often comes back to money because I find when I meet people and I say what I do one of the first things they ask me is like do you make money how do you make money how do you because make money you don't have a PAYE exactly you don't have money just coming but into your also bank because I think month. they want to justify that your job can't make you money because it looks fun you know and yes. people almost want to know that you don't make money because it it looks enjoyable which I think is an awful thing to say but we can actually enjoy yeah. our jobs like how great is that as an idea but like you don't have to hate your job like you can wake up and love what you do I like it. yesterday I woke up at 4 30 in the morning so I was so excited about our event on Sunday and I had been up since like but like that's okay like you can have a job that you actually want to do in the morning it's like revolutionary concept. I also think I also think um dress code has been one for me because um I run around mostly in my gym kit Ooh. so that if I've got an hour in between things, I can go to the gym, I can go to dance, whatever it is. And I have days, that I, I get to the end of the day and I sometimes think, have I done any work today? <laughs> but I, I have to remind myself, yes, you have. You've done loads, you've been really productive. But you don't, you don't have to wear business clothes. Yeah. But I'm so trained and programmed to think that work mm. is a commute and is being in an office and in work attire. Yeah. That when I get to the end of the day, I sometimes feel like I haven't really done anything. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. It's like without the timesheet and the yes. little like suit, you're like, do I even work? But they're just- <laughs> Who am I? <laughs> exactly, but they don't mean anything. Don't the day that anything. I realized that I could just wear trainers every day of my life, I just felt like a liberated woman, like honestly. Because <laughs> I used to wear like little Zara kind of suits and like boots yes. that I just couldn't walk around London. And I was like, I'm a life judge earner. like, I need to be in a million places at once. I'm putting my Nikes on and they're not coming <laughs> off. And now I just feel great. And I have my yoga kit in my backpack. Yes. I may look like Hermione Granger, but I'm working. I'm living my best life. Um, Angelica, I don't ever want to not wear spandex. That's fine. I want to wear Cherry, that is leather. okay. That is okay. The amount of time. So, um, so my colleague Alicia, like, honestly, the amount of time she's half in her gym kit and half not. And I can see that she went to the gym, had a shower, got changed, and then she was like, oh, I'll just put the gym kit back on. So she'll wear, like, a turtleneck, like, knit jumper yes. and her gym leggings. She's, like, half in, half out. Just... I mean, that's a great thing about yoga, actually, is that you can kind of do it anywhere. And also, you don't get so disgustingly sweaty. No, exactly. Sometimes, the, I just wear the whole thing all day it's long. Fine. It's fine. Right. If you go to Bikram and then it will like dripping <laughs> yeah, mess. Disgusting, yeah. disgusting. So let's talk about um, women in the workplace because you said something nice earlier. You said we'll talk about the impact the media has and actually we are women in the media. Mm. We are the media. We are the ones creating that. How do you feel about being a, a girl boss this is on your Instagram? It's, yeah. You know, girl boss is kind of one of those you know terms that I... I love and is empowering, but also I just want us to be able to be bosses. Yeah, I know exactly life. what you yeah. mean. I find it um, difficult at times because I, I always think, oh, representative women in the media and all this kind of pressure. And then I'm like, wait, I am the media and I'm really part of the problem often is that I'm also promoting messages. And something we're working very hard on is making sure that we're giving out the right messages. So we're really careful about how we talk about food, how we talk about uh, trends and everything like that. And I think actually, if I'm honest, earlier we probably weren't careful enough with the kind of messages we were putting out. We were running a lot of vegan guides because they were doing very well. But there were times that the website was so vegan heavy and I thought, you know what, it just looks like we're putting pressure on people to eat a certain way or live a certain way. And yeah, so now I'm a lot more careful. We make sure that we never have the like clean eating 
those kind of guilt-free words, anything like that in copy. I spend so long taking those kind of words out of press releases. You have no idea how much we're inundated with things like clean eating treats or guilt-free treats and all this kind of stuff. And you're like, why can't food just be food? Like, why do we have to label it with these kind of terms? I saw that you posted about not... Um, putting negative words on food like guilty treat and why do you feel that that's important i it i just think that we have so far to go with how we talk to women about food is i don't know i feel like with my guy friends food is just food and with my girlfriends it feels like the decisions we make are like reflective of our personality and our life choices and our success and if we have a snickers that's bad but if we have like a clean eating like raw bounty bar then that's okay and we're good and i just think that we've got so much to deal with already and just making women feel guilty about another thing is just so much it's worse like if i feel like a chocolate bar i feel like a chocolate bar and i don't think that having a raw brownie like should really impact my day and i just i want to take some of the emotion out of eating and out of the choices we make I um, so agree. I'm really conscious because I've got a daughter of, of the messages I give her. So I eat food and it's lovely and then I'm full. Mm. And I try and keep it to that. Yeah. And not, you know, fill my thighs and think, oh, I shouldn't have eaten that. Oh, gosh, you know, oh, I'm so bloated. Oh, I feel so... Um, because she'll absorb that mm. as, as food is bad. And if, you know, I shouldn't have had that, that means that food is naughty and... Yeah. then it starts as you say it starts to get mixed up with emotions definitely and what worries me is I keep seeing this story again and again of people that had like girls that had eating disorders and then they're like but then I found health and then I like changed my relationship with food and now I'm like plant powered and I'm so much better and I'm like I'm not sure that people aren't just moving from one problem to another with like health like this whole health being the new wealth thing I don't know that that is that mentality is much better than like really restricted eating. For me, the problem because obviously it's hard. It's hard to justify that health isn't a wonderful, great, lovely thing. But for me, I think what I've realised the 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 thing I would like my daughter to not do, and for me to not do, is use valuable brain time and brain space on that. Mm that could be used for other really wonderful things like starting up your own business or thinking of questions for you to interview you for the podcast yeah. or thinking of fun things that me and my friends could do. I mean, I've been trapped in such massive food obsession and body obsession in the past. Mm-hmm. And I remember saying to my therapist once, sometimes I worry about fixing myself because I don't know what I think about. I think about it so much mm-hmm. that I worry that there'd be this big empty space. And what I've realised is, Actually, the more I let go of that, and mm. the more I start to address how much I think about it, the more time I've got for really important interesting, things. important, creative things. Yeah. And what I realise is how many women lose that brain time and brain space. Mm. Clever, brilliant, brilliant women. And, and I, feel, I feel so frustrated that all of that brilliant creativity is going into worrying about gluten-free exactly. health food bars. Yeah. Absolutely, and I such a waste. And then in the meantime, what's happening? Like, is the guys are focusing on other things, and they're going to the top of the companies, and they're starting ventures, and 
this is why we have these problems in the workplace is that there's yeah there's too much of a focus on it for sure and there's too much fear around it like I don't know when gluten became the devil but like there is such a a phobia around normal and I see I'm really like I'm often quite food shamed on Twitter and Instagram I find like when I have normal meals people give me a lot of grief and they're like oh but how like how do you do your job and like not get really fat and all this kind of stuff like just I'm allowed to just eat normally without but the I found I agree but there is there is also that funny grey area of not wanting to put on weight and not wanting I like being a size 10 to 12 it's what my clothes are I don't want to buy new clothes I also like not feeling too heavy Mm. you know just trying to be as honest as possible and I have to watch what I eat but what I'm trying where I'm trying to get my head and where I feel you know in a good place about it now is I've realized that I don't want to eat rabbit food for the rest of my life. I like pasta and I like bread with thick salty butter and I like wine and I like to be able to go into a restaurant and order delicious yummy things. And I've realized that that means that I have to just make sure that I eat lightly at other times. Yeah. And so I've just tried to do that as my eating plan and nothing else, like just that, just to really be aware of what, like just things that come in, it's science and I've tried to remove the emotion from it and just see it in a more scientific way well look i'm gonna have a big dinner tonight so i'll just eat more lightly during the day that's it yeah brain stop that's where we stop and not yeah not Not let it become my identity or how i feel about myself but just keep it as a kind of calories in calories out gonna eat ravioli tonight can't wait just not a massive lunch that and i because you can't get away from the science of of being slim yeah you can't eat everything you want everywhere and expect to be slim. But I think you can find a good way to eat that is not about who you're, you're worth, mm. but just keep it really scientific. But the important thing with all of that is that you find your own way that works. Absolutely. And what I'm wary of is that we're telling everyone that there is a certain way, whether yes. it's intermittent fasting or 5-2 or being vegan. Like, yes. That's the problem is that we're seeing what everyone else is doing on Instagram and we're copying their diets. How, it it's doesn't so work. impossible to not. How do work. you fend yourself from it? I'm, I'm trying to be more mindful on how much time I spend on Instagram. I don't think it's a great platform for mental health at all. And I think we're still catching up with actually how detrimental it is and what what worries me more than anything is like we're fully formed and this kind of stuff all came about when we were adults but like teenagers that are growing up with instagram in their hand like it does terrify me because we've never had such a wealth and access to what other female bodies look like and you know you can see everyone in bikini snaps you can see these people lifting and i also have exactly i also have slight problems with the fitspo um kind of the Fitzbo accounts because I feel like what we've replaced with once was um, being um, obsessive with what we eat is now obsessive with this idea of strong, not skinny and empowerment. But ultimately like now it's fashionable to not be super slim and to have a big bum and to have curves that you've built through like Olympic lifting or whatever it is. <laughs> you but essentially ulti- have to be a triathlete now. Yeah, like exactly. You've got to be... But it doesn't change the essential fact that we're still telling women that this is what their bodies are meant to look like. It might be now it's a bit more empowering because now there's a bit more weight on it and now it's in the bum. 
but it doesn't change the, the fact that it's the same yeah like, and it just doesn't it doesn't make you feel any better as like some people don't can't lift or don't want to and that's okay like i don't really like it and that's all right i know that's not trendy but you have to in a way you have to give yourself permission to not yeah. do i mean i remember we start a skinny not strong yeah. movement i just like whatever yeah. do what you want uh, what what the what the fuck movement yeah. um i think i um there was a time i was really really wanted to get super fit and it was all about being slim really I, you know i was kidding myself that it was about being really super fit and i used to go to the gym pretty much every morning and do some kind of like body pump or hit and there was a time when I thought you know what I could bloody run to bath and back I am so fit I'm so tired Mm. I spend so much of my time either going to the gym being in the gym getting changed from the gym planning the gym why do I need to be this fit yeah I'm not an athlete no I'm fine I'm a working mom I mean this is ridiculous so I and I also I was constantly ravenously hungry because mm. I'd done an hour of high intensity. Mm. And I just thought I don't need to be this bit. I need to be healthy and I want my heart to be strong. And I just reduced my time in the gym because I thought I just do I don't need to be a triathlete. This is obsessive. We're just it's a waste, waste of my time. We're just wasting our lives. Literally with this stuff. wasting yeah. my precious, precious Absolutely. time tokens. It's the same with all the like authenticity stuff that you see on Instagram. You know, people do these side by side photos where like this was me in the evening and I'm bloated and this is me in the morning and I look normal. I'm like, okay, great, but like there aren't guys going out and doing that and no. they're they're doing other things that are probably more beneficial with their time and I just feel like everything that we're doing on Instagram is just like we're wasting our lives yes. trying to prove something yes. that no one needs to know it was interesting I, I read a piece you wrote and uh, it was about students um, using their time wisely and about how how actually beneficial it is to be doing a project on mm. your academic work and uh, you were saying in the, in the piece that you found that your academic work really blossomed as you were running this, you know, your project. Definitely, you get better with managing your time. I think when you have less time on your hands, you actually do things a lot more efficiently. Like, we've all had that thing when you're on holiday and you know you've suddenly got something to do. You'll do it really quickly and you get it done. When you have tons of, yeah, tons of time to waste. I mean, it's the old thing, you know, want something done, ask a busy woman. Exactly. You just bloody get it done. Um, And I think that it does pain me to see how much time we spend collectively on Instagram Mm. um, looking at our aesthetics. I mean, you're really busy. Do you, are you conscious of being really ergonomic with your time? Um, To an extent, I'm quite focused when I'm actually in the office. I'm quite um, rigorous with it. But I find it's the small times like on bus journeys or just before bed. And that's when I think it's a very mindless act of just flicking open an app. Mm. And then you'll just suddenly find you've fall into this rabbit hole where you've been looking at other people's photos for like an hour and that's what I'm trying to be more careful with is like the commute like trying to do things that are a bit different maybe listening to a podcast you can listen to this podcast you can listen, listen to this one this you can listen to this and all the other podcasts um, <laughs> listen to a podcast or read a book like just try and do things that uh, aren't that yeah, because otherwise we're just absorbing all this information that we have in our minds of what other people's protein shakes look like I think it must be very difficult uh, being a student now because, mm. I mean, it's always difficult being a bloody student, but as in so many of the jobs that are available now and the way the work world is changing, I mean, your experience, you're at the forefront of it, there, there, are, there isn't a map, there mm. aren't mentors to ask, but things like being on the bus, I mean, that I do so much of my work when I'm running around town and because, because if you're freelance, you're not, I'm not in an office all the time. Mm that travel time is really useful and I, I, I can either use it flicking through Instagram or actually I can use it to do really useful things. Absolutely. But 
how do you, I mean, what advice would you give to students about how to make shit happen for themselves? Because you left university with a job already. Mm. That is such huge initiative. I think you naturally do have huge initiative. And you have so much chutzpah. <laughs> so it's much chutzpah. I, I come from a line of women of chutzpah. Like, yes. I, have very, I have a chutzpah family. Um, oh, is it chutzpah? Yeah. Is that how you say chutzpah. it? Chutzpah. Oh, right, okay. Love a bit of Yiddish in the office. I got everyone doing a bit of Yiddish. <laughs> everyone yeah. loves a bit of Yiddish. There's a great Yiddish that. phrase when you're a bit anxious about saying and you're on spilkies. And like, one of my team would always be like, you're on spilkies, just like, go get your lunch. I'm like, sorry. Um, anyway, spilkies is my word of the day. What does it um, mean? It's just like, when you're a bit anxious, like you're on spilkies to do something or you're like oh you know you've got to be in a meeting you know when you're in a meeting and you know you're running over and you're on spilkies anyway um <laughs> so you i think you've naturally got chutzpah um i think it's some a, a part of it is about being honest with with the kind of style of work you want to do i almost feel like it's not even that important what you do when you first do it it's like do you want some people feel very safe in an organization and like my best friend would hate to be freelance she loves being told what to do she loves having a line manager and that works really well for her like she she likes the structure other people just want to be out and about and i think you you know that from a young age even as a student it's about your personality and how, how you feel it's like yeah so the kind of laptop lifestyle isn't for everybody no that absolutely isn't i think some people would it feel looks really it looks really glamorous but the truth yes. of it is is that you're you're in charge of the invoices you're in charge of chasing the payments you have to make it work you haven't got a support network around you often and the freelance life can be quite, quite scary and you have to kind of embrace the highs and the lows because it can look a bit like you know you 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 know you eat for a living you go out you review restaurants you go you know you yeah but then i'm doing holiday. all the tax returns you know <laughs> What is the reality behind the lovely meal that you're reviewing? What's the hard work behind that? I think the reality is often that for all the nice reviews we do, readers don't see the like hundred reviews we did that we just couldn't write about because they were a bit average or they weren't good and how we deal with that side of things like for the amount of stuff we feature there's so much that we have to get rid of and then we have to manage expectations or we have to deal with a PR agency or explain to a chef why his food wasn't good enough there's a lot that's negative that you just don't see because we're a purely positive site we only want to tell people what's worth their time and we get rid of everything else yes. so there's quite a lot that's I basically get quite a lot of backlash and like quite really? I deal I deal with all the quite unpleasant stuff quite often when things go a bit wrong or we go to a travel destination and then suddenly there's something awful happens and that's not somewhere we can write about for a while so there's a lot that can just yeah that's up to chance with it as well um, do you have to and you... also like with people not in not agreeing with our opinion as well we get a lot we had a very angry email from someone because we wrote about gbk and he was like gbk is a terrible burger restaurant like you've really gone down in my esteem so we, we have wow. all kinds of reader letters as well people are very What's passionate GBK? i don't know but i'm veggie so i wouldn't really yeah. know anyway but they do a great mushroom burger so how oh, do they yeah i'm trying to eat less meat at the moment okay, well there you go gbk yeah, yeah, so i just phrase it again i can get another angry email on oh I? my god oh no i support the mushroom burger um so do you ever have to guarantee like if you're going for a free meal so you write to them and nothing say, is ever guaranteed we're never like we're gonna write your positive review we say like they so often we get trying like they push us into a corner and they're like are you gonna write a positive and all this kind of stuff and we're like we will not guarantee anything and if that's what you want we can't do it do you say we just front? we just say it's based on experience and we'll let you know and that's it the most we can offer like if it's bad is we'll give them like detailed feedback but that's basically it yeah because i've done i've this. done a lot of like weird drips recently really? yeah just seeing if they work i'm not i'm not convinced How the drip? what's your take on the drip oh 
it's very much for like a party hard kind of crowd and as a one cocktail girl I really don't need them in my life but I had I actually did have one just before I was getting a cold and it warded it off so if you've got 250 quid spare and you want to get rid of a cold (laughs) I know they're very popular with Middle Eastern clients home delivery just have it done why I don't know it's like, they're good if you have a hangover, basically. So they, what, what's the what's the idea? Um, so we can get different ones, but you could get one with loads of um, like rehydration in it, or you could get like a vitamin B one. But I found that a nightmare because I woke up in the middle of the night and I just could not get back to sleep because it was so much. I had so much energy. Really, it just struck at the wrong time. So that's <laughs> they do work. But... So if you're a kind of model running around from place to place, yeah, and you yeah. don't want to eat a donut, you could go and have that. Definitely. <laughs> so it's big in the city. Apparently, they have like you know like the big consulting firms. They've been out all night. They'll have a meeting and they'll all be having their lunch with drips in their arm. No. Yeah. Welcome to London. Oh my god, that's so sci-fi. You to have get no idea how many concepts we see in a day like honestly everything we see so many crazy concepts come and go and like first this and first that it's very i think london feels like quite a bored city at times and people are just trying desperately igloos is the big thing for 2017 like igloo dining look at this you'll see it on about time soon but like basically people renting out like pop-up igloo it's not really an igloo but it's like it's a dome that you can eat in there's a great great one in the city at the moment i'll send you a link oh my um, god that's i'll put this on the uh, we'll find you link. yes yes we're gonna do a guide to igloos so oh my god yeah so, it, so it's not like a frozen no thing. but like it's, it's it's a glass dome they give you like blankets and you, they bring your dinner into the igloo i think there's some on the south bank as well that's really cool it's a nice idea I mean that's the glory of uh, the glory of living in a city uh, and anywhere in the UK is that there's always such crazy fun things yeah. going on Have but you, you... There's, a, there's a ball pen in an adult ball pen in Shoreditch you know like you take your kids to like yes. play with the balls yeah there's an adult one there's, there's an cocked... adult ball pen yeah again I'll send you a link um, it's uh, yeah so cocktails and balls cocktails and balls why not why not it's stress relieving it's all my favourite things we're going to do our Christmas party there <laughs> just go go to the ball pen that's amazing yeah. oh my god I'm actually going to have a Christmas party with some other freelancers <gasps> we're, we're in a yes I want to do this gang. as well Oh, and, and basically an office Christmas party for people that don't have offices. Yes, well, I'm in a little um, group of supportive female freelancers. We're running our own little businesses. And um, we just kind of help each other out. If we've got questions and we just WhatsApp each other, it's really good. And in the way that you're bringing freelancers together, um, they are my lifeline mm. often if I'm having um, a difficult work situation. Um, and we're having a Christmas party Fantastic. this year, which is really fun. Maybe we'll do cocktails and balls. Yeah, why not? Cocktails and balls. <laughs> I, I reckon they'll really love that. That's hysterical. Um, okay, so I'll edit this weird bit out. Um, okay, yeah. So um, one of the things that I uh, do, I want to ask that. Oh, I've got that. I've only got five more minutes. What is it? I really want to do. Oh yes, okay. Well, I think we've we've almost covered this, but I think it's a really it's a really big point. Where do you think the line is between posting aspirational, beautiful pictures and pulling the wool over people's eyes and sending out a, a, a message that's intimidating and, and creates discontent for people? I suppose what I'm asking is. How do you feel about posting beautiful pictures? Do you think that they are a good thing, that they're aspirational, or do you think that they just make other people feel shit? Um, I think it's just having your eyes open that it is all inauthentic. And I think once you can accept the fact that there's nothing super real about anything that you see on social media, 
I'm actually okay looking at perfect pictures. I quite like it. I quite like going onto fashion Instagrammers' accounts and looking at their like really beautiful feed and their color schemes. And I know that they're photoshopped and they're a bit edited. I mean, I'm not down with them photoshopping their bodies or anything like that, but I know that the backgrounds have been enhanced and they've made that scene look way more wonderful and they probably didn't eat that pastry. But I'm okay <laughs> with that because my eyes are open. I think the danger is when we, we start to believe that it's all real and then we start buying products that like, you know, like hair gummies that make your hair grow and then like yes. you're not going to eat a little blue bear and you're suddenly going to wake up like Rapunzel <laughs> and it's when we start to flog things that um, like you see all these people from Made in Chelsea selling detox teas and those kind of images of like products that we think are going to um, change our lives that's when it all gets a bit dangerous but if it's like a very beautiful photo I'm okay with that but I think we have to be aware that it's all a bit fake and like, just accept it accept it it must be so intense being a young person with Instagram. Yeah, absolutely. As you say, I mean, I feel like my brain has been scrambled at times by it and I've had to really put it down, put it away. Because, but I remember what it's like to be without it. So I've got a baseline to mm. try and get back to. But I imagine if you're young and you've never had that and you just, you can just scroll all day long. That's how you've grown up. Yeah. But then don't we want to see like a perfect photo of food? I think we'd and we've rather... always had magazines, so we've always had access to these perfect Definitely, pictures. but we'd, I think we'd rather see like this really well-plated kind of spread than we would actually see someone's like half-eaten croissant. So <laughs> I don't know, I'm okay with it being really perfect at times, but yes. I think you just balance it out. But I actually think um, that's why Instagram stories has made life quite nice for everyone. Yes. Is all of a sudden these accounts that you've been following for years, you've never heard any of them speak. And there was like, suddenly we can hear what each other sound like yes. and it all became a bit more real and a bit more 3d like, um, oh my god you get the bus yeah oh my god unbelievable like, that's amazing you don't get and i love i love now. stories i love seeing what other people have got up to in their days i think they're quite good fun so i suppose like slightly the veil has dropped on like the perfection because you can see that people are just other people and that's okay like celebrities <laughs> yes. are just people like unbelievable you do have you do have an amazing job it is really on the outside it does look the dreamy you know lifestyle magazine editor-in-chief super young in the tech industry but it's also encouraging to hear you know it's it's tax returns yeah and it's fielding negative comments and writing to people apologizing lots of it is super super unsexy like so much of it is the sexy stuff is what you see on the internet but actually a lot of it is like quite quite unsexy it's just me like in the office packing goodie bags like that's my day-to-day like honestly but we do also like um we do lots of like taste testing of stuff so like uh, at the moment we're working through halloween items and like obviously it looks really fun on the internet but it's so sickly like because we've been trying out like all the different pumpkin spiced items so we're like also occasionally just like pissed at the wrong time of day because we'll be trying out like the baby's pumpkin spice at like 11 a.m on a tuesday or like jobs um yeah, so it can get a bit much, like, and then we're starting to think about Christmas sandwiches. So just, yeah, sometimes you just want toast. Like, you know, when you spend the whole day trying out, like, different Halloween yes, products, yes. you just want a bit of toast. I remember doing um, a, a cake uh, cake competition judging. Um, I, I did it annually for a while. And, um, and it sounded like the best thing ever, but I actually started to really dread it every year because you feel like you're going to be sick yeah at, by about 11 o'clock that day and you've got another five hours and it sounds like the most... i don't know how they do it on bake-off oh my mm. god it is it's 
you know what there is too much of a good thing definitely that exists yeah I've, i'm done with pumpkin spice for another oh year oh my god no more pumpkin spice <laughs> no. well this lovely venue has actually given us a little snack box Ooh. which i'm very excited about a detox it's oh, called it's a it's detox called... snack box oh, oh god, god. No. <laughs> it's called jova london if you'd like to come it's very cool it is wonderful it's kind of amazing it's in the middle of london it's downstairs in a cafe off charlotte street and you can rent a desk for eight pounds an hour yeah which in london is insane if you want to have a meeting there's a little cute little meeting room and we're in this kind of nice soft seating area yeah and the drill stops so it's the all dr- good. and the drill is stopped and there's like a printer and, a, and a, it's it's great isn't it fantastic i highly recommend it so um what's your exit strategy for today <laughs> for today Under angelica you're know, like what are you working on at the moment i'm like sanity that is what i'm working sanity holding my shit together. so i'm going back to the office we're trying out some halloween cupcakes oh, and God. then <laughs> and um and then tonight i'm probably going to do some acro yoga so just all in the day of a lifestyle journalist <laughs> and it's the my poor yoga. boyfriend is like the most long-suffering really? human it's, I'm very lucky that he's as nice as he is because he has tried out literally everything really? but like, it, you know he'll go on a date night and I'll take him to acro yoga and then we'll try out vegetable cocktails and just like <laughs> poor guy <laughs> He's like, you can't we just be... stay in and watch Netflix? Like, no, no absolutely not. <laughs> you must be the best person to come to for recommendations. Though. I you get must know everything. literally, I get so many DMs every day. Like, a lot of people who are proposing ask me about stuff. A lot of like, I feel quite a lot of pressure with that though. I'm like, what? <laughs> Panic when people are like, I need to propose, where should I do Do you it? find it quite overwhelming to have to get back to everyone? Yeah, and also it's just friends as well. Like, all my friends are constantly asking, like, is my mum 60th? Where should I take How her? How do you keep it? I find that overwhelming. It's DMs, it's whatsapp um i mean someone left me a phone message the other day oh and they got cross i didn't listen to it. i was like babe i mean i haven't listened to a phone message since 1995 <laughs> but how do you keep on i on find it, it i use it as like um a bit of a map for what people are really looking for in terms of content so if i can see that loads of people are constantly like asking me where's good for like my mum's 60th we'll do a roundup on like top 10 restaurants for your mum's birthday great, so great. we kind of so then i just send them a link i'm like yes, don't even reply genius. just send them a link and it's absolutely fine okay yeah so, so that's the idea very clever yeah very clever that that's you in a nutshell you're kind ergonomic of, and analytical I try- and you make shit happen uh, well thank you Joey. that's very good <laughs> that's very nice thank you and you look great that's my attempt at that get that way Kristen, that's lovely <laughs> and I look great as Hermione Granger yes Yes, but I do find it useful Granger. because when you work in lifestyle, your head's full of concepts, and I sometimes like to know what normal people who are in media are looking <laughs> to find. Like, just yeah, so it can be useful listening to other people's conversations about what they're looking for in London. Yeah. Well, thank you for your time. You're welcome. Um, you're a busy woman. I appreciate it very much. Thank you for finding this absolute gem of a spot that I'm going to use so much now. Um, I hope your exit strategy <laughs> goes well and aqua yoga. Aqua, what was it? Aqua, aqua yoga also exists, by the way. Yeah, yoga in the water, big thing. Aqua spin, big trend for 2018. Oh yeah, they're putting them spin bikes in the water. Absolutely, you had it here first. God, I'm exhausted. And enjoy aqua, aqua, aqua yoga. Whatever that is. And I'll see you again in another interview. I'm sure. So there we go, the wonderful Angelica Malin from About Time magazine. Thank you for imparting me with the word spielkies. I plan to use that many, many times today. Hope you enjoyed this episode and see you next time.